Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 96 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going to be talking about, well, it's it's all dubbed up DC 2019. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big one. There's a lot. There's a lot. So I will we'll likely touch back upon this at the end of the episode. But these kinds of developer conferences don't happen anymore. Like this jam packed of one with like shit that's actually dope. Like it's weird. Like I we've been like especially this year's um build and Google I.O. keynotes. I feel like it's mostly just been like like a not like a circle jerk, I guess, but like sort of like self-celebratory bullshit. Where like when this was just straight up, they were just like, Okay, we're gonna make this and it's gonna ship. We're gonna do this and it's gonna ship. Here's another thing that's also going to ship, and this is kind of like dope, and it's gonna ship. Whereas when it came to Google I.O., it was sort of here's the things we might do in the future. These things are we're working on, and these things are aspirations i guess yeah Uh, it's like it's like more of like yeah like we're not really shipping software here's just like a snapshot of all the stuff we've done with our um, cloud computing platform like and here's not much like like consumer stuff i guess and while i guess that's fine i think microsoft did a better job with the enterprise stuff at build it's sort of like in comparison when you see like what we're about to talk about over the next hour or so versus our google io episode right like yeah what yeah, what exactly more. is Google doing in the consumer end? Like, obviously, I know with their server stuff, they're they're killing it. But like in terms of Android, like I don't know. Like we were literally just like if if Apple, Apple like the one thing Apple didn't like announce at all was like another redesign of notifications, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But like we got everything else, and um, I want to start by talking about Swift. Yes, and, let's get started. <laughs> and more more importantly. More importantly, let's talk about Swift UI for a second. Because of course there's Swift updates, there's you know new developer features, all that stuff. But Swift UI is a new way of making UIs for Apple platforms in Swift that is de- declarative. And at least when I haven't, you know, so obviously I've not played around with it. I'm not installing developer betas on my computer because I I need I like stable software. Um, you remember the one time I think I lost the podcast episode because I put a beta version of Mac OS on my computer, and we're not doing that again. So, um, but I I'm super excited to get into it and come back into Swift when this actually starts to become more stable because this this reminds me of React. It reminds me of like a shot over to React in these newer styles of UI building. Where you essentially just declare what the UI is, right? And because with how Swift works right now, you you encode say there's a button or UI kit actually. It says UI kit and app kit. You say there's a button, and then you have to link back a function to the button that checks state and also updates the button, and you have to track it, which is how most UI works for non-web programming languages, right? But where you have React, React you'll have a component, and in that component, right, it can be buttons, it can be whatever, and you can pass you, you can render you can you can load it on demand very easily and declare right ahead of time what it's going to be what should be filling with it and then of course play with the data that way the ui and sort of the the logic are are melded together in these sort of new frameworks and i think swift ui is a very swift way of doing that where if you have a list you just say it's a list and it's automatically tracking state and updating the list with whatever object you have passed to it right and that's fucking dope yeah it's just like i'm like when i look when i looked at the the example code that they have um it just looks extreme like i can like read the like i don't i don't know how to write in code in swift but i can take a look at this and i can 
grasp what the code is trying to do at a glance. Like that is in, extremely impressive because I can just look at it and be like, okay, they're trying to have a title. They're trying to have a subtitle. They're going to have a list. And inside the list, there's going to be these images on the left and they're going to be aligned this way. So, and it's like really, really easy to read. Uh, even for, for, even for somebody who's not familiar with Swift. So I think that that's a massive, uh, huge boon. And, and, and the best part about it, right, is that it's built into the programming language. So you don't get a performance hit because, um, it's, uh, I like the <laughs> React plus Babel plus all of that. That's very heavy, right? Like modern web app building is really heavy. And with this being a core part of like, not the language, I guess, because it's up. It's not like built into it, but it's you know it's one in one with the language, and it's like intended to be the only real way UIs built natively through this language going forward. And in that, there's just so much more performance you can get with 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 how this is built versus trying to make a React app where optimizing for performance is something that's really hard to do. Not not because. Not because, like, I don't think that, like, JavaScript developers are purposely trying to shit on performance, but it's more of, like, you have to work really hard to make JavaScript apps performant. Yeah, that's... Electron, you have to put a lot of work to make Electron performant because yeah. of the overhead you're already given based off of the container you're running it in. Yep. Where this doesn't have that issue as it runs natively. Yeah. And also, using SwiftUI gives you, like, automatic support for a bunch of stuff. Right, it gives you support for dynamic type. A uh, dynamic type is 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 an accessibility feature in in iOS, right? Where your your font automatically uh, scales in size, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And the, so the, you, the the app will automatically adjust. Uh, and dark mode, which we're going to talk about later, uh, it's built in uh, localization uh, and accessibility. So you know already, it's just like. And you can like in in Xcode, in Xcode eleven, you can just drag and drop things to make uh, components like just move around components using mm-hmm. using the GUI, which is which is kind of cool actually. Uh, and and some folks might say, isn't this just UWP? And fuck yeah, it's just UWP. <laughs> the issue is there's a mobile platform for people to use it. Like the UWP did not fail because it was bad technology. Obviously, it was a limited platform. But Microsoft didn't have developer adoption because why would you use UWP to just write a Windows app when Win32 exists, right? As much as I liked UWP and I liked the paradigms of it and I liked how it looked and how it functioned, there was never any incentive for Windows developers to make UWP apps. However, especially what we're talking about in a moment, if you are building for iOS, macOS, watchOS, or tvOS, you have a huge incentive to use SwiftUI. You have a huge incentive to use the next technology, right? Whereas with Windows... You get a desktop Windows app and I guess an Xbox app. Like there was never any mobile platform for it. And and Microsoft at the very least, I think I, I think Microsoft's still pushing for UWP. I think UWP is gonna be one of those technologies on the Microsoft side that in 10 years from now will likely be the default way. It's just that there's a whole lot of legacy cruft, whereas Apple can quite easily be like, build redesign your app in Swift UI, here's the migration path for it, or don't get it to the app store, which is um anti-competitive right which is which we're not we're not really gonna talk about this week but every technology company is about to get probed by the ftc and the department of judgment pretty much sorry department of judgment (laughs) (laughs) well i guess we found that the show title (laughs) department of judgment justice but um 
but Microsoft doesn't have that leeway. Uh, but I am, I'm very happy. I'm very happy that these sort of native, but cross platform within a family UI frameworks exist because at the end of the day, QT fucking rocks. <laughs> There's a reason QT is good and QT has like stood around for so long and you kind of you kind of get the best of both worlds where um whereas with web apps you you cry you cry with web apps um the it, it's actually weird because the original name for wanna cry was actually uh an internal code name for google wave that's 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 a bad joke that's a terrible joke that's, i um, think like like two people got that joke and then the two people are the people on this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> well well um uh, let's just let's throw some uh baking soda on this to make a catalyst that was another bad joke. The the baking soda vinegar catalyst. Um, I'm sorry. It's it's very late right now. We're recording this late. But so catalyst is the official name for marzipan, and this tied with Swift UI is even better for me because I don't like Electron. I don't know if that's clear. I, I don't know if I've made that clear before. I just don't fucking like Electron, and I've accepted at this point on the Windows side we have PWAs. That I'm fine with. A native wrapper running in a native, you know, sort of a system managed like environment that isn't containers of web browser each time you do it, but rather calling upon a system library for rendering web pages. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because that means that Windows can better handle the processes and manage processes better and, and be able to sort of put apps to sleep if it needs to. Whereas if Electron, it kind of gets hacky and you're fucking just having 20 versions of Google Chrome running and you run out of RAM and you just start paging out. With Catalyst, though, it allows you... This is Mars Pan, so you can essentially run iPad apps, iOS apps on macOS, and they run natively. And so I'm excited for this to become a public shipping feature because I will take a shitty iPad app over an Electron app. I have no problems with that. Like, for example, I think we were actually talking about Wire the other day. Yes, Wire, yeah. And with... But I can't open apps here. Oh, my God. Did you trigger Siri? <laughs> I triggered the HomePod. Oh, my God. How? How did you trigger... I okay. don't know, but but it thought I was trying to open Wire. I mean, that's good voice recognition. But so we're talking about Wire, right? Where instead of the the like the desktop electron app we would be fine just using the ipad app scaled up right like the ipad app will work fine if a mouse and a keyboard there's not and much in like a chat app that really needs to be its own separate desktop app ditto for like telegram or facebook messenger or you know most apps that aren't say like oh actually i know a good one toot and mast right like give the ipad layout put that in you know on mac os with maybe like a little affordances to um sizing for mouse and keyboard that those are perfectly usable applications that do not think anyone's going to complain about right right this this, 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 it opens up a lot of uh a lot of flexibility and i think they yeah i'm looking forward to what developers are going to do with with project catalyst and how they're going to move uh apps to the mac uh that were like ipad or ios only uh what is there anything else like it's uh the in terms of like developer stuff like we're so we're gonna loop back to mac os later um but but i just wanted to start with this because i think i think a is a good tone setter and b um I needed to get the Electron Discourse out early before we were an hour in. I was even more sleepy than I already am. And I'm just kind of like screaming Electron, like sort of to myself, right? So I needed to get that out. Um, Now let's move on to the sleepiest part, tvOS. So what's new in tvOS? Okay. 
Uh, Apple is, so the theme is Apple is still trying to push games on tvOS and this this should not come as a surprise because recently at the services event they talk they, they announced a new service Apple Arcade so this push is not and so with this they announced uh, that tvOS is going to support the PS4 DualShock uh, and the Xbox one s uh, controller in 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 uh, in tvOS, so your Apple TV is going to be able to pair with with those and be able to use those as uh, controllers. So there's no no more third party M5 controllers. Uh, you can just buy a you can just buy a really good controller, the Xbox One controller. By the way, uh, <laughs> is this a hot take? It is a hot take. I, I think the Xbox One S One controller is is the best controller uh, along with the Nintendo Switch Pro controller, uh, the DualShock. Four is weird. Uh, PlayStation controllers have always been really weird. Uh, so just to be clear, the, the opinion of this podcast <laughs> that both of share is that PlayStation controllers are objectively bad. Um, I don't. I, mm, no, they they are uncomfortable. They are they uncomfortable. Are, yes, I, and the I buttons are mushy. Yes. The face buttons are not clicky. And you, it, I. This is a very hot take. I understand this, but the clickier, the better for game buttons. Like literally, if I could have fucking mechanical switches for my face buttons, I would want that. I need tactile feedback. I need that clickiness. You know, I don't need that mushiness that you get with Sony buttons. Right, and I think the pro, the Nintendo Switch Pro controller is slightly better. Uh, than the Xbox One controller in some ways, but I still prefer the Xbox One controller. Uh, it's it's one it's one of my favorite of uh, of the three. But so I'm glad this is this is here. But like, does this matter? Is is uh, is gaming on on TV on on Apple TV gonna be ever like gonna be relevant? Well, so the nice part about this is that it comes to TVOS and that, but it also comes to iOS and iPadOS. Oh, it does. So, okay. Yeah, so you can do it for your phone. So while. While I don't think for tvOS it's that important, um, I do think Apple's trying to make a bigger gaming push. So, and more importantly, just adding like Bluetooth controller support, I think in general is a good feature. Yeah, it's, it's a good feature. Yes, yeah, I, but, I agree with that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, we, we need new hardware for this, and more importantly, Apple's gaming plans are likely not going to be great because they're never going to sign on any um <clears throat> Jim Sterling voice here AAA um game <laughs> publishers. publishers yeah probably not and and they kind of need that right and so i don't i don't know i i feel like for the future platform right just because just just for the fact of that you minecraft like was taken off the apple tv because the input method for it was shit and no one bought it like it doesn't hurt right like it, it makes sense to have this feature um i don't think gaming on apple platforms is ever really going to happen uh because Apple will never put a fan in their TV OS product, and kind of need that for it. I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on it. TV OS really, it exists, which is good. Um, you know, you get the the new Apple TV Plus service. Although, actually, I don't think we've talked about the new TV app, have we? Because um, that came in a mild point iOS update, and it came in the last tvOS update a couple of weeks ago. So I've actually used it, um, and and this sort of like relates back to the tvOS updates, I guess. Where this new TV app, it's like a good Netflix clone, like it's like the <laughs> Apple version of like a Netflix browsing interface, which is <laughs> okay. cool. All right, that's fine. Cool. I mean... and you get multiple users on tvOS, which is cool. Like this is the most boring Apple product. It is the one you probably don't need. Just I don't know. Get a 
get a games console don't buy an apple tv honestly like literally just buy an xbox one um you know i mean if 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 you have no interest in home consoles uh i think the apple tv is not a like as a as a tv device i don't think it's it's but the apple tv 4k costs as much as an xbox one and if you buy the xbox one you get a 4k blu-ray player i mean that's fair but i'm just saying that if you don't want to deal with with a with a with a with a game console for whatever reason i mean i that's fair i get you i would say buy a roku but then again roku like tracks you so i can't yeah i I, I can't recommend roku also another thing i should mention this this xbox one controller is the is the x is the xbox one s controller that that comes with bluetooth instead of the original xbox one controller um in, from 2013 so this means i can't use my elite controller oh my god think of the pro gaming i, I can pro wow. gaming. my pro gaming has my ripped my pro gaming career on the apple tv 2019 <laughs> 2019 <laughs> but yeah uh this makes sense i think because uh because the like it's it's not on like tv os tv os t- the tv device is not a support the proprietary Control pro- the protocol that I mean, considering how open Microsoft is, it actually would not surprise me if they ha- if like that came in a point update. Like, I mean, obviously you need to, you need hardware for it. it yeah, they probably just like, don't want to support legacy uh, stuff that's like restricted to Microsoft and just support Bluetooth instead, and it's probably just X input. Although it kind of like it kind of stinks because like the um, Xbox Media Controls controller is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, all right. So that's that's everything there is actually. For TVOS, um, I don't think anybody expected much else. To be fair, I mean, what was it? I think we we talked about it a while back. I think it's like five girls in a basement at Apple that just work on TVOS for fun, like you know, just like five I mean, people chilling. That sounds sounds great. Uh, I hope they're having fun. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I would imagine the one that the TVOS department is just like so chill because they don't have like enormous pressures or anything. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to slightly more exciting than TVOS. This is Watch OS six. Uh, so uh, no watches are dropped. No watches are dropped for this OS, which I think is important to note. Oh, okay. Series That's, zero was dropped for Watch OS four or Watch OS. No, Watch OS four wasn't it? Right? It was four. I think three was the last one to work on Series zero. But um, for going for Watch OS six, it's still Series one through four. And presumably new hardware when it comes out, which is, of course, some features, right, are still limited between you know, the newer watches. But the OS will run all the way back to Series 1, which is inter- important to note since Android, Android, uh, sorry, Wear OS. Wear um, OS. Android Wear. <laughs> Android Wear, I think, is, isn't, I think if you want a Wear OS watch back when it first came out, I don't think it's no longer supported. Probably not. No, I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it isn't. Uh, so let's see. So there's new watch faces. Um, they added the, 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 I think a watch face, uh, since I've heard of it is the California dial, which I think is absurd and ridiculous. I don't know why anybody would use, uh, that, but okay. Uh, it's, it, did you know what the California dial is? It's like the, I'm uh, looking at it right now. Yeah. Let me see. It's it's the one where you have Roman numerals mixed in with with Arabic numerals, like you know uh, the, the normal numbers, right? So I have a I have a confession to make about Arabic numerals. Since I was educated in America, I I think I learned how to read Arabic numerals when I was nineteen. 
19 in a college class, like a college humanities class. That's when I finally learned how to read fucking, um, Ar- Ar- not Arabic, but um, Roman numerals. Roman numerals. I was about to say, if you learned Arabic numerals, okay, I mean, I'm, by Arabic numerals, I meant like the, the numbers, like one, two. But uh, like the Roman numerals system is, yeah, I learned that a long time ago, but I, like, I don't understand why this is okay. It's a fashion thing, probably. Uh, it's not fashion. It's, it's wealth, you know? The more money you spend on something, the more abstract you want it to be. Like, if you spend, if you buy, like, the, the ceramic version of the Apple Watch, it's like $1,000. Do you give a fuck about what it says on the watch face? You have $1,000 to spend on a watch. You don't wait for time. Time waits for you. Time waits for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so there's, there's, there are new new watch faces. Um, There is new first-party apps. Uh, so you have the the books app. Uh, so you can, you can listen to audiobooks directly from the watch, right? Uh, you have the new voice memos app. So you can record voice memos directly onto, on, you can, you can just stand in public and record a voice memo. Just. Oh my God. This is, a, this is the plan for the next podcast. All right. To get crispy audio. I'm going to be talking to my watch the entire time. I'll meet you on a Discord call with like oh my, my phone up to my ear. Oh my God. That sounds okay. Um, and it will like sync recordings back to voice memo on, 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 on iOS, um, uh, calculator on iOS, on watchOS, finally. Uh, it can calculate like tips and like split bills, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and also the, uh, one of the big, one of the huge things is the arrival of the app store on the Apple Watch. So this is, uh, if you're, if you're getting the hint, uh, this this is all part of the watch watch independence uh, plan going forward, right? Like the watch is is going to be basically mostly entirely independent from the from the uh, from the connected iOS device, so you can like do all sorts of stuff. So, and the part of that is is being able to install. There, you can developers can uh, make watch only apps. Which is uh, interesting. Uh, so you can like purchase and install apps directly from the watch. Uh, cool. Uh, what else? There's uh, cycle tracking for uh, for periods, uh, and this one is uh, this one is not watch OS only. This one is is health is uh, is built into the health app on iOS 13. So it's gonna it's gonna be integrated there. So you don't have to have a watch. Uh, to use that which is um good because um it, it's i'm happy that in 2019 um tech companies are realizing that people who have vaginas that sometimes bleed exist of all yeah. genders you know <laughs> like it's, it's good to know that in 2019 we finally realized that for whatever percentage of the population um has vaginas that menstruate every month um you know they they uh finally they you know they finally do it and um i'm 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 glad i'm glad that you know now all of the cis women um gender queer people you know non binary folks can now track their their cycles you know it's it's well i'm 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 happy this exists because um this literally took way too fucking long <laughs> it's like why is this this feels like something that would have been in the app from the beginning like from one of the health like or even a couple of last few years while well, they updated watch wise but well here it is uh is there anything else like there are oh this developer apis since we were talking about this is wwdc uh this new streaming audio api 
uh, which uh, I, I can finally imagine. make Spotify like make an yep. independent watch app. Possibly, yeah, possibly. I think so. Uh, ex- there's also an extended runtime option uh, for apps that need to run in the background for a long period of time. Uh, also, APIs for Core ML uh, and Neural Engine. What else? There is uh, access, like they, I think they give you access to more, more. Like, more, more things are being exposed. Yeah, more things are like um, which I, which AV I'm Foundation. happy with. Yeah, like yeah. AV Foundation stuff. Uh, I think Marco is going to be happy about the uh, AV fund. No, I don't think he uses AV Foundation in Overcast. He, uh, but he can now since it's getting exposed. Um, wh- something that I think is really interesting too is that you can now use your watch to authenticate um, elevated requests on your Mac, which is interesting from a security perspective. Because mm, yeah, I mean, it's, it's say like, like um, you know, you're you're doing something that needs elevated permissions, right? You can use your watch to authenticate it, which is. Like, how often does that happen that you that you just wouldn't type in your password? I mean, maybe you don't. You don't. Maybe you have a long password. You don't want to type it. I don't know. But like, does it like think about it though? Like, if you're like in the terminal typing something and you like a pseudo request and like you just authenticate on your watch, I don't know. I guess like the 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 security conscious nerd in me is just coming out being like, this sounds great, but like, but, mm, but why? Mm, but why? <laughs> um. There's also another feature that I guess small. It's uh, taptic chimes. Uh, I don't know if this is. I guess it'll be useful to some people, which uh, it'll just make a little taptic vibration every like at the top of each hour. Uh, and if you if you if you have sound on, it will make a little uh, chime sound. I mean, this sounds very annoying. I do not know why anyone would want this. I, I don't know for people who 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 lose track of time easily. I don't know. I, I'm or maybe, mind. or maybe. Okay, hear me out. So the AirPods meme, right? Was like, I'm not broke. I have AirPods. Now I'm not broke. My watch goes off every hour. It's a sign of wealth. <sighs> With your California dial, it dings, and all you hear is a tech bro go. It's a prank, bro. Also, there is. Uh... Pride Watchmans. Uh, oh, are there new ones out? Oh, fuck. I didn't actually look at that. Because so last year's... So well, let's let's talk about fashion for a second. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> last year's Pride Watchman was whack. It's like capital W whack. <laughs> I have the first gen of the first, like the first year they did the Pride Watchmans. That one, dope. That was a good one. But like last year's was not good. Um, I'm actually pulling up the new pride watch band so let me go ahead and okay let's see here let's see this year's pride this year's pride let's there we go um so uh let's see does does nine to five mac have a um link to the fucking apple page this is a this is literally a fucking three Oh my god. Fuck you, 9 to 5 Mac. No, there's you know the the Mac story is article, but WatchOS 6 has a picture of the new uh, uh the new Pride band. Uh, All right. And- so, um if you like me, try to look up on Google or sorry, I use actually duckduckgo. And duck if you try to duckduckgo it, um go to show notes at twoshadesofbrown.com instead and look at the watch band and the Mac stories article. Yeah, pretty much. Which uh, is uh, Oh. Oh, that's actually way fuck, I'm going to have to buy one. <laughs> That one's way better. No, no, no. This watch band is way nicer than last year's Pride watch band. And yeah. I need another gay watch band. Because okay. while I have one, I mean, like, 
You can never it's, have enough, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, like, like it has a matching watch face, uh, which is which is nice. Uh, so, how about you? Are you going to get the gay watch band? I haven't. I don't have any watch bands other than the one that came with my watch. Get the gay one. <laughs> I it's mean, yeah, look. sure, yeah, sure. Uh, is it available already, or is it just like? Yeah, uh, it's already available. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, I guess I can head over to the Apple Store some t- uh, sometime this week or next week. Uh, all right, so what else? Uh, we have we finished WatchOS, so now now we get to, we slightly we slightly moving up. We go to uh, iOS iOS thirteen, and here here it comes. Uh, dark mode. Uh, we have it. It's it's happening. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for all the dark mode apps. Like it's going to be permanently turned on for me. Uh, like the the home screen looks different. Like the home screen looks like uh, more muted, right? Like it has like a sort of like a like more translucent, I think. Uh, and uh, it, the apps look fantastic for uh, are going to look fantastic on on uh, on our, the OLED displays because oof, the, the that's going to be good. Uh, Okay, so what else is in iOS 13? So there is... Uh, redesigned apps. Notes got redesigned. Mail got some new features. So general sort of like quality of life improvements. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. speed ups. And once again, there's no performance hit with iOS 13, which I am happy to see that that wasn't just a one, one-off one you know situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, reminders. Reminders get a full overhaul, uh, which is actually pretty huge because reminders was sort of like languishing uh and it was kind of really basic uh, i'm glad that they that they're reworking that uh, yeah they made it more into like one of those getting things done omni focus style yeah, pretty much i mean um, i already have omni focus but like yeah that's good to have a native uh like a built-in app that's already uh more like more functional than it used to be um uh, and uh there are there, you're going to be able to plug in uh okay so let's talk about uh the home like the the privacy related things the the sign in with apple system uh so sign in with apple is is this new uh single sign on feature where we'll, uh an app can present it to you and basically you can sign in with uh essentially you authenticate with uh i guess face id or touch id uh and you lo- you basically log in with your iCloud account and what this gives you is that it it first of all there there are no identifying markers sent to the app there's only like the unique id and the uh the email address that that is provided to the app is 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 a randomly generated uh forwarder essentially that will forward uh mail from the app to your iCloud email address Right. Uh, so, so that's and Apple is actually making this mandatory going forward for any apps that uh, for any apps that what that any apps that use uh, any other single sign on. Right. If you use Google single sign on, so say like a Grubhub, right? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. A Grubhub, say Uber Eats or like DoorDash. Those have uh, those are just apps that I've used. Right. That let you sign in with Facebook or Google. They will now be forced to use a sign in with. Apple. Yep. 
uh, which which is actually uh, uh, pretty cool. Uh, and also, uh, there are some location privacy tracking related, uh, like location tracking related things, like uh, that you'll be able to share location just once. Uh, so like, the, the, like if you if you if you're like if you're installing an app and you only need to use like the location feature just once, uh, you can just do that, and then the next time you, you launch it, it'll ask it for the permission again. Uh, also, Apple is saying that they're gonna stop apps that use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi signals to circumvent your privacy settings for a location, right? So what what they're trying to do with these apps is that these apps use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to triangulate uh, or infer uh, your physical location, right? Uh, this is this is not a new thing. Uh, this has been happening for a long time. So I'm glad though, this is happening. Uh, I think I think that's it. I think that's it, right? Like, there's not much else. I think the dark mode was the huge, I think, the huge user-facing uh, thing. A lot of it is sort of under the hood stuff. Uh, I think with like iOS right now, um, while earlier I was saying, wow, Apple did way much more than, than Google did. I, I think when it comes to the phone operating systems, I don't actually think they need that much work. Um, just to specifically reiterate, comparing, you know, this to other tech companies this year, I think that the, the platform work, like say Apple, as we've We'll be talking about and have been talking about or it's expanding out so much more past their phones where Google just has like cloud stuff and then their phones where they're working sort of internally making app launches faster, um, core system stuff. And Apple's doing the same for their phones because I think they're in a good place right now. I don't think there's anything in iOS, like, of course, the notifications can always get better, but. I don't think there's anything wrong with the core design of iOS that would cause them to, you know, re reinvent the wheel when there's other things they can and are working on. Whereas like with Android, right, you kind of get the feeling of like, okay, there's the core is good right now, but like what what is Google doing elsewhere, right? With like tablets or Chrome OS, right? To make this a more cohesive platform, to make it a better general computing platform. And as we'll see right now with with iPad OS, it is just so there's so much more you can do on bigger touchscreens. Right. So so let's 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 move, let's transition into the iPad OS. And so now this is um, the introduction of iPad OS, and iPad OS is the I, I guess I guess an iOS fork. Uh, it is. It adds things like multi, like better multi window support, or multi window support in general. Um, a lot like allow apps to grab and drop content between, uh, you know, between uh, multi windows, um, and like pin widgets in, on your home screen. Right, uh, the home screen has a slightly different layout. Uh, and iPad OS also introduces like. Uh, a new like iPadOS version of Safari, which will give you like basically, basically macOS Safari, right? Like is that is that's what basically it is, right? Like it's basically macOS Safari, but uh, on an iPad. Uh, With the essential yeah, user agent string of being a desktop website, and it's a small optimizations to make some of it touch friendly. Yeah, um, and it will like there are new gestures, new three finger gestures to do with uh, text formatting. Uh, and you can like there's like a cursor grabbing thing. Uh, Apple Pencil is getting a latency 
reduction from 20 milliseconds to 9 milliseconds which is ridiculous which is that that <laughs> like when you get the single digit milliseconds i don't actually think it matters much um gamers don't at me but gamers like I, like when you get the single digit <laughs> no, you're milliseconds, right. you're right. like it, yeah. it's truthfully like that's almost imperceptible for the human eye to see and the fact that they cut it by more than half like imagine how big of an engineering project that is. Yeah, that is that is huge. Uh, that is going to be huge for people who use the pencil a lot for uh, like input, like you know, drawing and uh, stuff like that. Like it's going to be huge. Uh, people who optimize for latency are the unsung heroes of the world. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? There is the oh, you can you can the files app right. The files app is is getting. Uh, like multiple views, right? Like you know, you can you can like have multiple like Finder, like Finder has different like uh You can you can do something that's called file management in a files app. So like there's this there's this wild shit. Like you can you can take a fucking thumb drive, right? This is it's like it's called flash storage, you know, it's temporary. You could you can put you put files on it, you can all plug it into your iPad and do proper file management yep. with it. Mm-hmm. Which um Actually, I don't know if that's something that Android tablets can do well. Like, I actually don't know how well the Google Files app is on Android tablets. You can also you can also connect cameras directly. Uh, I would imagine, like, because cameras just expose like a USB device, right? Because that would make sense. Because cameras just uh, you uh, like expose a USB mass storage device, and so that would that should just work, uh, unless your camera is some weird weird thing but like uh so you can just like plug in like a dslr into into your ipad and import photos uh that that's that's really good uh people have been people like last year's ipad pro reviews everybody was just like this is nice hardware but like um we can't we can't do anything with the files like it's it's the file management is garbage uh so this is like basically the answer to all of that uh and what else? So is there is there like uh it's just all of the things in iPad OS are making this more of like a general computing platform. And and while iOS could be used for computery tasks, I feel like there's kind of like this flow that I sometimes get on my laptop or like a regular computer of like you just like can fuck around, open up Windows, and like there's there's like a lot of layers to the system. And obviously that's complexity, right? But I, I, I think iPad OS is getting to the point now where like you can you can find that sort of complexity to explore through and 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 be able to do multiple things at once with it, be effective with it, and have a more conventional workflow that's adapted to a touch input. And I think that's really important. More importantly, as as with actual desktop computing, which by the way, maybe a hot take here for me, but I actually think that regular desktop computing should lean more towards heavy workflows and complex applications rather than maybe more general purpose computing, especially with mouse input. And I think iPad OS taking on more of the the things that say folks who buy like a MacBook Air right would need, like say, you know, just editing school documents and doing like homework and stuff like that. Nothing like advanced engineering, but you know, data entry and and basic office tasks and, and all of that sort of light computing workload. That actually gives room for desktop computers to be more powerful and to be more heavy, since they don't need to cater for that audience as well. And 
And that's something that's Microsoft's failing right now, Windows. Because Windows right now, you get full, you get the full heavy experience on a tablet. And there really isn't much segmentation. And Android tablets are a joke. So at the very least, you have like iPads, right? That sort of, if people pick these up, then they could still do their, their computing tasks. They could still do file management. They could still do the things that they do on regular computers, but optimize for the right format. And while it's not there yet, this is a hell of a great start to having like a sort of middle ground OS. And it just allows desktop computing to be more heavy. Um, and and I don't know, anywhere from like that's anywhere from like desktop Linux to Windows benefits from this because people can just like buy an iPad and we can sort of just allow desktop computing to be a place where it's just strictly like heavy productivity work, where that's honestly where it's always shined the most versus like general, you know, sort of basic work. Yeah. And uh, so devices supported for iPadOS is going to be every device that's going to support the, the so 12.inch iPad Pro, 11-inch iPad Pro, 10.5-inch iPad Pro, 9.7-inch iPad Pro. So both generations of iPad Pro are here, right? Uh, uh, iPad 6th generation, iPad 5th generation, iPad Mini 5th generation, iPad Mini 4, uh, iPad Air third generation and iPad Air 2. I have a I have a iPad Air 3, which was the new iPad Air that just came out, right? Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm kind of in, like I don't use the iPad for any sort of quote unquote productivity uh, related uh tasks, but you know like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what sort of cool mail related or like multi window things that I can do. That kind of I'm kind of uh, curious uh to see that uh and also apparently there is mouse support it is an assistive touch feature uh you can if you enable assistive touch you can you can plug in a usb mice and it will work which is uh which is cool uh so that's ipad os so so now now so what question so now now is ios like divided into iPhone OS and iPad OS? Like, is iOS now, like, iPhone OS? Is this is this where we're going? Like, is this where we're coming back to? That I think so. Have... And I, I don't... And I think that's not a bad thing. No, I don't think it's a bad Actually, thing, no. Yeah, like... Because, obviously, they're, they're honestly, that's the same. These are just marketing names. iOS, iPhone OS, watchOS are all built from the same core. Um, You know, the app... The Swift UI, right? Like, it's all going to be the same shit. But... I think breaking them out allows them to have separate dev cycles, which is important, and to sort of give them the flexibility to have a separate team, um, which is, once again, just to go back to Windows, sort of the reason I think Windows on tablets is, while mildly successful, more successful than Android, it's definitely not taken the market by storm, because I think Microsoft never allowed them to break out into separate teams, and... And I, now they're they're trying to fix it with Seashell, um, which I think we've talked about before, which essentially is a redoing of like the Windows Shell, but that's years off, right? And I think I think Apple, Microsoft are heading in the same direction, just Apple's heading there a little bit quicker. Um, but I, I like the idea of the tablets OS getting more computery and and in ways that make sense, so that desktop computing can be super heavy. I just just LOL Android tablets. Yeah, I mean. Like this is this is just doing circle laps. Like you know, like you ever like actually I've never ran a race like this. Um <laughs> this is metaphor is not gonna make sense. But imagine you're running a race and like you're doing so well that you just like start walking backwards and you're still gonna win. Oh my god. That's a, that's like kind of what iPad OS is right now when you look compared to Android. Yeah. It's um uh, 
Yeah, but Android, we might as well not mention like Android tablets because it's just like, I don't think they, I don't think it's like a competition that's worth talking about. Like, it's just so like basically just such a bit. That's fair. That's fair. Because like the KDE tablet stuff that I've been looking at recently, like even that in the early stages is in is fucking blowing Android tablets out of the water. (laughs) Imagine getting, getting, getting erased, like uh, passed by like fucking Linux desktop endeavors in the bubble space like imagine that i mean when in doubt don't doubt kde i feel like out of all the desktop environments kde is the one that i i I have the most faith in in getting their shit straight you know what feature i'm actually excited for it's it's this is this was a small thing that they announced it is the ability to connect smb file servers in the files app do you know you know why this is exciting for me because i have i have a i have a synology uh nas and it use it has SMB support, obviously. Uh, and I like on Windows, I use SMB to connect to it, and I use that every day. Uh, and I am looking forward to just be able to, like, able to just open files from my NAS directly on my iPad without having to transfer any files. Like, if I want to watch them, like, if I want to like put them, if I want to watch like a movie that's on my NAS on my iPad, I would have to, you know, transfer the file and then watch it. But like. I could just instead connect connect SMB and it'll will work, which is actually really big. It's huge. Uh, so, so Oswald, we have another big thing: Siri improvements. Um, Siri, it's it kind of got lost in the muffle. But what you really need to know is stop HomePod, stop HomePod, stop. Good <laughs> is that <laughs> stop HomePod? <laughs> is is that um, audio intents now exist? Oh yes, yes, like, yes. Honest, yeah. honest to God, audio intense. Where I could say, "Hey, blah, 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 Spotify, play or play this in Spotify." That now works without doing some jank um, Siri shortcut stuff. Stop. Oh my Keep god! The word. I really need to just mute this thing. <laughs> we need. We need to find like a new name. Like we just call Siri Cortana instead. It'll be fine. Um. And like the one Windows PC in this house is going to wake up and say, "Hi, would you like to set up Windows?" <laughs> I know they removed that. Don't at me, nerds. I know they removed it. <sighs> okay. Uh, so, yes, the theory is getting better. Uh, Shortcuts is getting... Oh, I forgot to mention this. Since you were, since you were in this topic, uh, we were, I was watching the uh, platform State of the Union, uh, and they mentioned that uh, the Shortcuts app is going to get automation triggers. So you can, like, you can, like, triggers, like, shortcuts to run via certain conditions which is huge by the way like i think that actually makes shortcuts massively more more useful uh to me anyway like like say if i move out of a location do x x y or z right like it's just uh like it'll be extremely good uh, i think it'll actually bring uh shortcuts up to like sort of like the tasker level stuff right that uh tasker uh tasker but actually usable you know uh so like this is this has all been like really like really really good uh this and now let's talk about uh mac os so biggest news on mac os the biggest news is going to be called uh catalina and in catalina apple has made the right choice and the default shell for new installations is ZSH. And um, I'm about to start the discourse, and I truthfully don't give a fuck. 
ZSH is the best shell. Um, fish, whatever. Bash, fuck bash. <laughs> fuck bash. Like, just, just straight up fuck bash. ZSH is actually the best shell. Um, so you see, I, something you might, y'all might not know about me. Um, I have been living my life on a combo of ZSH and TMUX since I was like 15. You know, that, that is the power user combo. Um, screen fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, screen actually. No, no, no. Okay. So, no, 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 no. Actually, like, like the bash one is a hot take, but screen is actually garbage. Like, like TMUX is like, miles ahead of what screen is doing honestly uh i don't think anybody would argue that in 2019 that tmx is is not better than screen oh oh friend <laughs> oh friendo oh, <laughs> friend-o. Linux, linux nerds please please for the love of god don't at me uh, oh my god oh my god it's gonna be i need to make a meme of this but like it's fucking <laughs> It's like the Drake meme, like where you have, uh, it's like, uh, like the, on the top you have, on the top you have screen and the bottom you have TMUX. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Like the, and then it's like an emergency break. Please break glass and you break it open. It's just a, it's like a sticker that says fucking nano on it. <laughs> Yes, the shell, uh, the the default shell for for macOS is gonna be Z- ZSH, uh, ZSH, uh, depending on how you say that letter. Uh, and uh, it is it is it is mostly. I think it, it, the re- actual reason that it's gonna be changed is that the version of bash that was included in macOS is very old because it, it it is the last version of bash that was gpl version 2 i believe from 20, 2007 uh so bash on macOS hasn't been updated in a long ass time so basically so they're deciding to you know just dump it uh, oh, definitely know. some security vulnerabilities that you have to worry about. I mean, yeah. they're not like it's not it's still going to be there because they're not changing the shell for existing users. Like, if you already have a user that's using Bash, it's going to stay Bash. Well, but this existing user is totally switching over. Yeah, I mean, you can already switch over to ZSH if you want. By the way, I mean, I like actually don't use a terminal anymore, but I'm just going to like so I don't. It's too much work to switch shells. But as soon as I install it, I'm just like whatever flag I need to hit, I'm totally hitting it. <laughs> Yeah, um, and the version of ZSH that's going to be included is going to be the latest, like the current version, 5.7.1. So, you know, uh, that's good. Um, I'm sure some people are sad. I don't know why you'd be sad, because I don't I don't know people who care that much about the shell the scripting. Like, it, it, it only, I think it only matters if you, if you have, like, a bunch of bash scripts. Uh, and if you do, just install homebrew or something like honestly. I gotta. I have another hot take. Yeah, this one's an actual spicy take. Oh my god! But if you need to automate things in the year 2019, please don't write bash scripts. Please stop writing bash scripts. Um, like I get it. Like you know, if you Google my name, there's a couple of dope bash scripts I had about like getting fonts, config files, good installing fonts on systems. Like I had some pretty good bash scripts back in my day. I was pretty proud of them. But nowadays, like I don't know what 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 would you need a bash script for that cannot be solved by a cron job and a Python script? I mean, bash is just sometimes it's just easy to write a bash. To, to, like it's sometimes it's just like the task is simple enough that it doesn't need to be a Python script, but it's just like. 
Python is a little bit too much, and uh, Bash would just be fine. But you know, like I mean, in an ideal world, we all be using Siri shortcuts. Fuck. Uh, keep triggering. You should just like unplug your HomePod while we do. I, I really. I mean, I probably should unplug it in general, unless I'm listening to music. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Damn it. So, so next up on the on the thing, we have iTunes is dead. Rip, rip in pieces. iTunes is broken. Kind up. of dead. Like it is mostly dead. Like it is on macOS. It's getting broken up into music, uh, podcasts, and what. TV. Okay, so I almost forget about the TV part. Uh, so three three apps uh, and the part about connecting your iOS device to macOS. That's going to be in Finder instead, right? Uh, which is which is interesting. Uh, I suppose that makes sense because where else would you put that? Um, so this music app on macOS. Shosa, are you excited? Are you like, what's, what's, I don't use iTunes. Uh, so I'm going to have to ask you, uh, what's, what's, what's your opinion on this? I mean, like, it's a, it's a music app. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I used to have, I used to have a lot of thoughts and feelings about music players. And then I realized I just listen to music on my phone most of the time, anyways, or I just use voice commands to play a song. Like, the Spotify desktop app, pretty bad. Like, objectively so, right? <laughs> like, yeah, the, the iTunes is bad, general bad. Like, it's... See, there's, like, a whole lot of bad, and you just, like... iTunes works in the ball enough for me right now where I open it, I type in, um, like, I don't know, uh, freaking A Boy is a Gun by Tyler the Creator, and it plays it. And then, that, like, that's all I need. And sure, can you do it better? Yeah, but, like, am I passionate enough about this one application that... um. I have like heavy thoughts, not really, because at the end of the day, we're, we're still not we're still on Fubar. You know what I mean? Like, mm, I mean, like it's yeah, not Fubar. Fu- it's not Fubar. It, it's definitely not. And it'll never be Fubar because Fubar is wild application design that only makes sense to nerds. It absolutely. Like, I I can't disagree because I, I like I love Fubar two thousand with with in the it's, it's it's one of my most favorite applications. Uh, I use it every day, uh, and it is it is beloved to many people i'm sure but it is definitely has a certain niche and audience uh and uh fubar fubar smells like lossless audio you know what i mean like yes. itunes doesn't itunes just looks compressed and by <laughs> extension this new music app looks like that oh i don't God. know what that means but for some reason i feel like the analogy is actually really potent you know, and you're right super well you're you're right you're absolutely right uh it is it is mm. But yeah, so uh, and and so to and to be clear, uh, iTunes on Windows is going to remain basically the same. Uh, I don't know why they don't just break it into like the Apple Music app and put it in the Windows Store. Like at what point? Like who? Who the fuck is using podcasts on iTunes on Windows? If you actually do that, let me know, and I will send you a couple links to apps that work way better for it. That will also work if you're iPhone or Android device. Just use the Pocket Cast website. Yeah, the Pocket Guys website is just pretty decent. I'm sure there are other services that do that or apps, I guess. Uh, like, yeah, I'm not like, I know people do use it for managing music libraries on iOS device, like uh, iPhones, right? Like, I have to use it to sync music to my phone. That's the only thing I use it for is uh, every time I launch iTunes, I have to be like, ah, yeah, yeah. When I can do it through Finder. 
Oh wait, you still use Windows? Fuck. I, yeah, I use Windows for that. I don't. I don't use my Mac. My music is all like on my on my on my NAS, and the NAS my NAS is already like like I have to convert FLAC to uh, uh, MP3, like VBR MP3, and then I add it to iTunes and then sync it. Uh, that's that's my workflow for that. That sounds uh, terrible. I I don't want to pass judgment, but why? It, there are so many better options to do it. No, no, I don't. I don't think it's, it's. I don't think it's terrible because it it's it's it has like a defined flow. Like it's it's not like it doesn't work. It's I have a separate like I I don't I don't like m- my music that I buy is on my local library is all in flag. I'm not gonna gonna put lossless files on my phone. I don't think that's. Uh, I think that's needed. So I convert them into a, like, I don't, like, I don't add every, I don't add every album to my phone, by the way. Uh, only add specific albums. So I, like, I basically manage like a separate small library for my, like a more curated, uh, library for my phone. Right. So I just convert the ones that I want into its own folder structure with MP3s. And I just add those folders to uh, iTunes and I, and I sync them. That's, that's, I don't think that's like a very, I don't think that's weird. I, I think that's just how this flow is supposed to work. If you have this kind of, like, if, if you have the kind of music, uh, library that I have, it's, that's just how it's going to be. Uh, so I don't think it's that weird. Maybe I'm just weird. I, that's a different thing. But like, no, no, I, I, I get, I get why you do it. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand. Just in the year like 2019, <laughs> like just manually converting files to put into another application to transfer to your phone. Like that's a capital W workflow. I mean, yeah. I just like see. I use uh, the Fubar 2000 has this function. We can just like select a album and just convert it into MP3 and has presets. So I just use that. So I use Fubar 2000. Then I then I open iTunes, uh, connect my phone, add the add the folder to the library, and then sync it. It's, that's it. That's it. Uh, this, if this sounds arcane to you, welcome to music management. Uh, if this for, sounds arcane to you, you probably never had to sync an iPod in Linux. Yeah, you probably did not. <laughs> probably did not. Actually, if I remember correctly, it actually wasn't that bad in Rhythmbox. Yeah, Rhythmbox is, is Rhythmbox still around? Yes, I think it is. I think oh it my be. god! I mean, if you, do you remember, have... do you remember the Ubuntu Music Store? Since now we're going down this train. Oh my god! Yes, I remember that. <sighs> um, I'm. So I guess I'm just not even going to go into desktop Linux. I'm going to pull us out of this. Um, so so now we also have, of course, the you know the um, iPad apps coming to it with Catalina, as we spoke about earlier. Um, interesting bit: the system partition now is only read only. It's read in, only, yes. In macOS 10.15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is, I mean, that makes sense. I think that's a good thing because. Uh, you don't want like basically anything modifying the core system files because that's you know that's that's, the, that's usually a bad sign you know that's uh, that's a bad sign uh like it's usually malware uh or like apps that are written very badly uh stuff like that so that's I don't think it's gonna affect day to day use right I don't think most things will like most things will work just fine with the with the system part- uh, system volume. Uh, as it's called in APFS, being read-only, right? Uh, also, like, uh, yeah, I think this is, like, sort of, like, in hand with the notarization stuff, right, for, for Mac Store apps. Um, oh, no, no, system, 
it's SCP, SIP, I think. System the, integrity protection. Yes, system integrity protection, which uh, which makes certain files uh, protected by like this. Uh, like you can't even you can't even modify them as root, right? They're like they're like specially protected. They're like it's sort of like SE Linux. Uh, if you're aware, it's like sort of a ma- uh, like a control system where you can just like designate like Apple designates certain files as especially uh, protected, and this is just makes it more simpler. Actually, it just makes the entire volume just read only, uh, so you can't even like do anything to it. And I would imagine you can't remount it, read write because that would that would probably trigger SIP, right? Uh, I would imagine that's how that works. Uh, I, I guess we'll find out when this comes out, but like, uh, I think I think that's probably how it works. Um, yeah, and so I think that's it for macOS 10.15. I mean, dashboards getting removed, a couple of other things, um, but honestly, it's not that bad. And I, I'm, I, I'm okay with these slower cadence releases on macOS, where what you're getting are improvement, you know, or. Imp- important quality of life feature updates and sort of bigger bigger engineering projects right that that shift the platform over versus like a sort of a sort of rush of new features that no one really uses like what's the, like he's the opposite is we get fucking my people right <laughs> like every time every time someone tells me operating systems move too slow i'm always like well we could get my people <laughs> dead by the way my people are gone Rip. my people are gone <laughs> Rip my people <laughs> oh my god no. That just sounds so bad. No. That sounds so bad. But yeah, um, also, screen time is coming to macOS. So, you know, uh, you can now track your screen time across macOS and iOS. Uh, it, it's going to tell you that you spend way too much time in, uh, I don't know, what? Safari? Is that, that's what's going to happen to most people, I guess. Like you just, It's just going to be like, all your screen time is Google Chrome. Well, because uh, everything is a web app now. Um, so let's move on. This one is the big one, big, big, the biggest for last, I guess. Um, the hardware announcements, uh, the announcement, rather. Uh, well, two announcements, really. Uh, the all new Mac Pro. Uh, Chosa, uh, the cheese grater is back. And it's back in style. Uh, fuck those holes. Fuck those holes. I'm gonna just straight up say it. Those holes makes me uncomfortable. Phrasing. Those. Uh, those oh wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I. I. I never. I. Wow. I'm gonna have to actually. Uh, no, it's fine. I actually leave that in because that's good. That's put that in like this overcast snippet and just like. Oh my god! But, but straight up though. So there's like. This sort of like porous design. It's meant for airflow, but it just doesn't sit right with me. The rest of it looks great. It's the fucking box with like slots in it. And that's what we want. Like this machine is ridiculous. This machine is too expensive. No one should buy it. The screen that goes with it is ridiculous. We'll talk about in a minute. And like hardware wise, it, it is everything that like I would want from a dream computer if I wanted a Mac OS one. I mean, truthfully, if I was going to spend $10,000 on a computer, I actually wouldn't buy a Mac Pro. I would build my own and then install Linux on it and then be like, take that, nerds. I have two terabytes of RAM, but fucking Mate is only using 0.0005 megabytes of RAM. 
<laughs> Look at this free RAM, fuckers. Oh my god. <laughs> you, you can launch so many instances of Electron. It's going to be great. No, uh, no, I can launch so many different screen sessions because I'm only using Bash and Screen because that's all that works in Mate because it's stuck in the past. No, I don't think that's all that works, but yeah. Um, so, so this thing, um, top, mid tower, mid tower size, I think this is a mid tower, uh, not a full tower, but. Uh, regardless, it is, it is, it is, it's ridiculous. It, it, it can, uh, it takes, uh, it, it takes Sion, uh, eight core, like eight, what, tw- a 16 core, eight to 28 cores, uh, depending on which Sion you can figure it with. Uh, you can, it also can take RAM up to 1.5 terabytes, which is absurd. Six memory channels, 12 DIMM slots, uh, what are you going to do with 1.5 terabytes of RAM in a Mac Pro? I, I don't know, but you can do it. Uh, this computer, that's the whole story of this computer. What are you going to do with this? I don't fucking know, but it, dog, you could do I it. I mean, you can, if you're, if you're, if you're like a movie studio and you have to edit like 8K footage or like 4K, 6K footage, like this, I mean, the the hardware cards that they're going to introduce, like the, what is it? Like the, uh, there was a one that they, they had an FPGA on it, which can like trans like transcode video like really fast. Uh, like it's like basically like an optimal like basically an ASIC like for up to like video like uh, conversion or whatever like video rendering. Uh, like there there are a bunch of like add-on cards that the MPX system and the it's this like what is the MPX system? The MPX module. It's like. Uh, you know, every time I hear MPX and like the FPGX, like sort of video acceleration stuff, I literally think back to that one thing the Super Nintendo had to render 3D triangles. I think it was like an FXG chip or something like that. It was like some ridiculous shit that Nintendo put in there that you had to pay extra for on specific cartridges. Like the cartridge itself had the fucking CPU accelerator. It did like what, like a console have like a thing you could plug in that would give you like, like a turbo boost or whatever. Like, I don't know, like, uh, like a, extra processor oh okay yeah yeah yeah. so that's the uh that's the fucking 32 thing for the mega drive you put it you put like the brain on top of it and it'd be like an expansion thing and then you could also plug in the the fucking sega cd into the side of it like you literally turn that thing from like a little games console into like a fucking like monstrosity it was, yeah it was some wild stuff but <laughs> all um, right so back this to the mac th- pro though. yeah so the mac pro um this this thing is absurd like the, you can put like you can put like four AMD GPUs in this, like the Vega two GPUs, by the way, uh, which is like AMD's highest end G- GPUs right now. Um, you can, uh, you can, you, you get two 10 gig Ethernet ports, I think, by default. I think the base model just has 10, two 10 gig Ethernet ports. Uh, so this thing is, is the new, new Lamborghini. This is the new. Uh, this is the sick Lambo of all computing. I don't actually think there's another computer you can buy that is more sick Lambo than this. Yeah, pretty like, much. Like, there's so the card slots, like right. They're just regular PCI slots. You can technically put whatever you want into it. Like, you know, if you wanted to, you could put in like four graphics cards. You can put in like I don't know a sound card if they still make that. Um, like you could put yourself in the debt. You could put anything into this computer. And <laughs> it's going yourself, to be amazing. You can put yourself into that because by the time you're done with it, it's going to cost like twenty, thirty, forty grand, uh, depending. Um, because because the screen 
the screen that like you know you're gonna get with this is the oh boy uh pro display xdr um which is okay let's let's just rattle off the specs here because this is absurd okay so this is this is a this is a 32 inch display uh 6k retina resolution right it has p3 white color in 10 bit uh precisely calibrated it's very quiet it has extreme dynamic range super wide viewing angles 1 million to 1 contrast ratio 1k nits sustained 1.k 6k peak and of course it's thunderbolt connected uh if if you just if all those specs like didn't make much sense to it's just just understand that this thing is 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 like it's it's like the alt it's like basically cramming the late basically all the best tech you can get except into- except for one area that I need to yell about <sighs> this is a fucking seven thousand dollar monitor that does not have a variable refresh rate. <laughs> Like I, the hardware can support it. This this monitor they could probably have built it into the panel. Like if you're if you're going if you're going all out if you're going all out for the most expensive monitor you can buy, like why why do I not get my FreeSync? I, I know G Sync because Nvidia and Apple hate each other, but at the very least it's support FreeSync. Um, this monitor is amazing, by the way. It's a uh, I am going to go to an Apple store and just look at it and just look at it. And people might be saying, wow, you sound like you stand for Apple right now. No, that's not the case. I stand for good monitors. <laughs> and like, I'm literally just going to look at this and be like, fuck me. I need it. Because I, I just, oh my God, the colors. Imagine the colors on this. Oh, the colors. The, the colors. Um, the, imagine playing a game on this. You can't even run a game on this, I think. Like, well, it's, it, a, it's a Mac, so obviously. No, no, not even. Like, imagine even like Windows, nothing, no, no GPU is going to be able to play any game at 6k at a reasonable like i don't know like that's a lot of pixels that's a lot of lot of fucking pixels uh like 6016 by 3384 like jesus uh also uh it is there are two versions right there's the um there's the the one with uh that's that doesn't have the matte nano texture it's that's the five thousand dollar model and the one that has the nano texture is the six thousand dollar model <laughs> and i love how they're calling a coating a fucking nano texture yeah like so it's, literally it's, i'll put a matte coating for a thousand dollars for you and even better even better you might be thinking to yourself cool you know what five thousand dollar display fuck it you know what let's go for it you know seems like you know what it, it, it'll last it'll last at least 10 years or whatever you know like I, i'm fine with it and then you think to yourself, you bring it home and you're like, where's the stand? Turns out, turns out, friend, it's a thousand dollars more to buy a fucking stand. <sighs> now, that one is just price gouging to me. That is just price gouging, right? Like, that is just like, why? Like, if, if nobody's going to buy this without the stand, or maybe they are, maybe somebody's like, if people who are buying these kind of screens, they're going to mount it on a, on a vest amount, like a, the, the, the vest amount is like, what, $300? Like the little thing that goes on the back that allows you to mount it on a vest, vest amount? Like, uh, like that costs you like $200, $300, right? And like, I mean, if you're buying this kind of display, I don't think money is the problem, Jessa. Like, if you're buying this kind of display, uh, 
Yeah, this it's not like it's it's either you're like it's either it's, it's like a part of a company and they don't care. It's just going to be expensed anyway, uh, or it's like you're just some like ridiculous rich person and you're just buying this. Uh, like I don't think it, the money is the problem. They, they Apple just realized like they're like fuck. You, we're gonna charge for the fucking stand. Who, who, like who's gonna like who, like it's the screen is already like. This, this fucking monitor has two fans in it, and you can't hear them because they run so quiet. By the way, uh, but it's just—it is amazing. I I quite actually don't care about having the Mac Pro. I want the display. That's all I actually want. I don't give a fuck about like the actual computer. Like that's cool, but like give me that monitor and 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 like fuck. I'm I'm living my best See, life. Uh, Apple is saying that they're competing with like reference monitors that normally cost like forty three thousand dollars. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Yeah, and like the so the Pro stand will cost a thousand dollars. The vest amount is two hundred dollars. I mean, when you're spending six like seven grand on a display, it does like an extra grand. And two hundred really mean anything? Like really? Not really. Not really. That's and and all, like like I I hope it's clear. Like you should not actually buy this. No one should actually buy this because a Mac OS is probably going to ARM in like four years anyway. If, if, if I win and, the lottery, I'm buying it. I'm just saying. But just saying. But, for, but like, would you keep it for ten years though, or like, would you just keep it for like a year or two and say, "Fuck it"? Oh my god! Actually, this running Windows actually doesn't sound like a bad time. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do with it? Just look at web pages at extremely high resolution. See, here's the thing: you look at web pages for the next ten years of your fucking life. <laughs> You'll never have an issue looking at web pages. Also, um, just want to say the power supply on this is actually 1.5 kilowatts, which in the U.S. is legally the most amount of power you can put in any product that is going to be sustainably on. It is absurd. Like you can't you you can't actually legally supply more power to this a, a computer. <laughs> So, in addition to being expensive, it's going to be power hungry. Obviously, I mean, this is a workstation. It's going to it's going to mine all the bitcoins. I mean, if you're buying this, just no, no, man. Yeah, like I can imagine, like movie studios. This is like this is like designed for like enterprise. This is designed for people who know they need it. Like if you looked at that and you saw to, you thought to yourself, oh wow, I could use this for X, Y, and Z in my render you know kit, or I can use this for some graphics pipeline stuff we're doing, or hey, you know I'm at this university lab and we have some computational models we really need to be we that have been really slowing us down, and you know being able to run it multiple times per day would help. That that's who that's for. If you looked at this and you thought to yourself, what the fuck, what the fuck, you, you don't need it. It's not made for you. Yeah, it's not. It's not made for you. Uh, it's uh it's it's uh it's made for people yeah it's it's I don't think it's made for like quote unquote like the usual Mac consumer blind and that's why they have the iMac like the iMac Pro makes more sense when you put this in context, right? Now the iMac Pro looks reasonable, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh so 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 Trisa, I'll ask you, do you think Syracuse is gonna get a Mac a new Mac Pro? Oh absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, see, and the thing about this too is, like, when it comes to eating the rich, you just got everyone. You see a Mac Pro, there you go. You know, you know there's no questioning done. You, you got it. What? What if? What if? Like, somebody takes out like a fucking small business loan to buy a fucking Mac Pro? 
Don't do that, by the way. That's yeah, a bad that. idea. That's bad. Like uh, unsolicited, maybe financial advice, but like taking out personal loans to buy electronics is a, generally not a good idea. Like not not a great idea. Um, just like this fucking buying this Mac Pro. But um, I guess that's like all really for WBC. There's like a bunch more little things. It's really jam packed. Um, overall, I guess we can now go to sort of like impressions and and final thoughts. Um, I'm I am happy with the things that we're getting because. none of it really like none of it changes my workflow in ways that are going to bother me and i think they're all good improvements yes they're improvements. Um, and i there's nothing that i think was missed out there's nothing that i think i'm wanting maybe i've like just gone gotten complacent but like i'm okay with ios how it works right now like i'm okay with mac os how it works right now and all these improvements i feel like they're either not gonna bother me or like they're gonna help me and I think we 2016. I think we were just like, "Fuck, can we just get boring computer updates?" And like, while this is all exciting stuff, it's boring as shit, and I love it. I I am happy with like outside of a hole, right? Windows 10 updates. I'm happy with how boring they are. Fuck Android on tablets. These updates. I'm happy with how boring they are, and and just like, I don't know, like computers maybe might might not stop might might stop sucking soon. Or sorry, might stop being like shit soon. You know, computers might stop being bad. Um, and like, I think that scales from this stuff that we talked about today to like the desktop Linux stuff that we talked about, of, like Mirror and Wayland finally getting their shit together, and like all of that. And and it just it's good shit. Yeah, I think the iterative uh, like iOS is at, 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 like at a mature point right now which is obvious right it's like the changes that are that we're seeing are like essentially fleshing things out and like making things sort of making overall platform changes like the swift ui uh stuff and the catalyst stuff which is the actual big news of this wwdc i think is the swift ui and the catalyst stuff like that it's, it's stuff for developers but it going forward I think it's going to affect how like how people use applications on on their macOS devices, right? And how developers are designing apps going forward. Uh, so, and that is that is actually the biggest news, I think. And user facing wise, I think it's all fine. It's it's nothing nothing huge, nothing mind blowing, except for the Mac Pro. But the Mac Pro is just like a thing. It's just like it's like this shiny expensive uh aspirational lamborghini thing uh that that's all it is uh um so that's that's like wbc i think like next week we might have e3 so uh i don't know i don't know what the e3 strap in gamers we're just only gonna talk about microsoft because we're the only ones there So if y'all thought if y'all thought me talking about Apple for a week was bad, just even worse. We, we hit on all our beats, random Apple stuff that people make us think we're like fan folks, and then me specifically, just me talking about the Xbox future game strategy for like three hours on end because I apparently just love talking about that. So we're we're really hitting. We are. This is this is peak shades of brown right now. Um, we're we're almost getting to chose the season. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. But we're we're getting we're getting there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh it's finally summer. Uh summer is here. Uh so and as always, you can you can find us, uh two shades of brown dot com. There's gonna be the show notes over there. A bunch of links. Uh we should probably put the links to the keynote 
and the uh, State of the Union videos. Yeah, yeah definitely. We'll throw them in there before we publish this. Yeah, um, and you can find those there. And you can also contact us at uh, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Please don't send send us emails about Tmux versus Screen because I, I really, like, honestly use whatever you want. I, I do think Tmux is superior, but, like, whatever, man. Uh, just, I have been using the same blog post and setting up Tmux since I think I was, like, 14 or 15. Yeah, same, pretty much. My config hasn't changed for yeah, years. Like, I found like this one Hank multiplier webpage. Hank says something like some random VPN host, like the middle of fucking nowhere. But he had like a really sick v- uh, T-Bucks config, and I've just been using that for like almost a decade. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, just stick to it. Um, you can find me on Mastodon at staticsafe and mastodon.zombacloud.com. Uh, I'm on leave from work, so I'm just chilling, uh, talking about random bullshit, visiting libraries. It's, uh, hey. so it's, so it's, it's all fun. Uh, and Joseph, where can people find you on the internet? Um. You can find me on chosefine at master, or sorry, chosefine at ten forward dot social. Unless you're mastodon dot social, where I have now blocked and hid your domain. <laughs> did you really? Oh my god! I did. I lost fifty followers. <laughs> and with that, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs>